The rainbow. My bad. <laughs> All right, Scott's got the offering coming around. Which week are we in? Week four. So this is the final week of Noah. And then next week, we're going to go over you guys' questions. We might get them done next week. We might not. It might take us two weeks. Actually, it probably will take us two weeks. All right, so have a seat. All right, Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9. If you've got a Bible, open up to Genesis chapter 9. So we've been doing this uh, talk about Noah, talking about the flood, how it impacts our lives, how we can apply it to our lives, and, uh, and we're going to wrap this thing up. I titled tonight's message, The Rainbow, all right, because we look at rainbows and, you know, we have a certain view on rainbows. We see them as this uh, girly little thing. Most of us guys do. Um, and our, our culture... Our culture has distorted the view of a rainbow, the representation of what a rainbow means, what it stands for. We've kind of messed that up. So we're going to talk about what the rainbow actually stands for tonight. But to get you to where I'm going, I wanted to kind of open you up with, of course, a story um, about Carson. So Carson's been losing his teeth, right? Yeah, so the other day, yesterday actually, we went to the dentist, um, he had to go have his teeth cleaned, listen guys, he had to have his teeth cleaned, so we went to the dentist, and, and the dentist promised not to touch it, and we left the dentist, he did really good, and we were on our way back home, and Carson told me, this is what he said, we were talking about his tooth, and I asked him if he was going to let me pull his tooth out, and Carson said, yeah. Mommy told me that the dentist is going to bring $20 for this tooth. And I said, or, or the tooth fairy, sorry. The tooth fairy is going to bring me $20 for this tooth. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, that's cool. That's fun. Um, I don't think she told you that. <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, I did. Or, yeah, she did. She, she said that that's what the tooth fairy is going to bring, Right? So, like, Carson had this planned out. He had this figured out, and he told me he was going to go buy a big Lego with it because he loves Legos. So the Tooth Fairy was going to bring him $20, and he's going to go buy a new Lego. Well, the Tooth Fairy brought much less than $20, unfortunately, for Carson. And he's probably not going to buy a Lego with it, but I don't know. He'll probably waste it on one of those gumball machines, you know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. But here's the big idea tonight. Listen. 
just like Carson's misunderstanding of what he was going to get from the tooth fairy, like his misunderstanding wherever he was led astray, just like that, um, a lot of times we are led astray when we look at rainbows and we look at these different things that our culture says, hey, this stands for this. For example, what, what do you think of when you think of rainbow in our culture? Homosexuality. Right? Because, because that group, those people in our society have adopted the rainbow as their symbol. So we automatically think, we see the rainbow and we're like, homosexuality, that's what that means. But no, that's not true, that's so false. Because it's something so much more than that, it's something so much more powerful than that, it's something so much more meaningful than that. Here's the big idea tonight. God's covenant to Noah, symbolized in a rainbow, reminds us of God's holiness, His verdict, and the grace he will eventually bring about through Jesus Christ. So here we go. Genesis chapter 9. Let's pray real quick, then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. Thank you for uh, the song that Kylie sang, God. I pray that you would just uh, calm our hearts, calm our minds for the next 15 minutes and help us to focus on you and focus on your word and I pray that you would speak through me tonight it's in your name we pray amen Genesis chapter 9 starting in verse 8 Genesis 9 verse 8 the rainbow first of all what do I want you to see from the rainbow I want you to see God's holiness all right from this story, I want you to recognize God's holiness in this aspect of the story of the flood. Look at this. Genesis chapter 9, verse 8. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I myself do establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. God's holiness. You can almost sense um, the tone in God's voice here, right? Um, it's almost as if God welcomes Noah to land. You know, it stops raining, they're on land. And, and Noah's there and God's like, I told you, ha, right? He's like, I told you so. I told you this was going to work out. I told you this is going to be awesome. I told you that this was going to be the most magnificent, amazing thing that you've ever seen in your life. You see, while, while there were moments along the way that Noah, and especially probably his family, probably questioned God. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you were one of Noah's sons, or worse off, one of Noah's daughter-in-laws, daughters-in-law, however you say that, right? If you were one of those, you'd be like, man, your dad's crazy. Here we are on this boat with these stinky animals. Remember, they were on the boat for seven days before it started raining. Can you imagine what those women were saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's true. That was Cherie. I'm going to be punished later. <laughs> right? All right. That goat stinks. 
the goat stinks and the llama spit on me. I can't believe I'm on this boat. Did you see the cow dung? It stinks, right? Like, like, and they probably went on and on and on and on. And then God, after the flood, after the rain, after it all dries up and they're on land, God looks at them and he says, I told you. He said, man, I told you so. Right? Listen, God stuck to his plan and God basically flexed on the world. You know what I'm saying? How often do you wish that God would go with your plan because your plan sounds so much better? Your plan sounds so much more fun. Let's be real tonight. Yeah, your plan probably sounds a lot more fun. <laughs> the things that we would like to do sounds a lot more fun than the things that God wants us to do. Right? Look up here. Look up here. But God stuck to his plan because God's plan was perfect. Because God's plan was holy. Because God is holiness. Listen, God's plan was perfectly timed. It was perfectly set up. It was perfectly executed. God's holiness was on display. And he was executing his perfect plan like he, only he can do. Like if he had stuck to Noah's plan as faithful and as obedient as Noah was, had he gone with Noah's plan, then this wouldn't have worked out. Like the boat would have sunk or he would have left an elephant off. I don't know. Right? There's all sorts of things that could have happened, but he went with God's plan. And see, God does the same in our lives today. We, we may be in the midst of a storm in the dark cloud in our life and in a moment where maybe we're not getting along with my mom. I'm not getting along with my dad. Um, I, I don't have a lot of friends at school. I'm struggling with this class or I'm struggling with that class. I'm struggling with this temptation. I'm struggling with this addiction in my life. I'm struggling with all these things. And we're in the midst of that storm and we're going through that trouble. And it feels like God has given up on us. How many of you have ever felt like God's given up on you before? Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you wonder, how, how can you be in this, God? How can, you, how can you just sit there and watch me go through this relationship with my dad the way it is? And it doesn't make sense to us. But see, it doesn't make sense because we aren't holy. We aren't perfect. We aren't um, God Almighty. We don't understand God's plan in our lives. I remember um, at my previous church, we had a youth worker. His name was Greg. Love Greg. Greg's an awesome guy, right? And um, so Greg and, and his wife, Cherie, actually, um, not that Cherie, a different Cherie. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Greg and his wife, they they had basically adopted their niece because um it was a long story why but anyways their niece lived with them they were basically their niece's parents and one day after church we were sitting there and angelica she had just come up to youth she was like in no she wasn't in youth yet she was in like fifth grade she was really close to being in youth and 
Angelica's just sitting outside hanging out. And we were like, Angelica, where's Greg? And we all got to looking, and Greg wasn't there. So I called Greg, and I was like, Greg, man, we, where you at? He's like, oh, I'm about halfway home. I'm passing the ball fields up in, in Dayton. <laughs> I was like, do you forget something? He's like, no. <laughs> I was like, you sure? <laughs> like, you didn't forget anything. And he said, Ah, crap! <laughs> Angelica! <laughs> right? And I'm, I'm busting out laughing. And I find out that after, uh, I, I'm like, okay, I'll meet you halfway. I'll, I'll get her and I'll meet you halfway. So they get in the car and the next Sunday we get to church and, and Greg was telling me and Angelica's response was, hey, Uncle Greg, you love me? He said, yeah, of course I love you. And she said, so you really care about me? <laughs> he said, yeah, I care about you. She said, well, then why'd you leave me? <laughs> right? Right? Your mom's left you at school before? Did you do that before? Nice. How many, how many of y'all's parents have left you before? Wow. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Shh, shh, shh. See, here's the thing. At that moment... Angelica, poor Angelica, she was thinking, like, does he love me? Does he care about me? But we do the same thing to God. We think of that as a cute, funny story, but we do the same thing on a daily basis to God. Whenever things don't go our way, we're like, God, do you not love me? God, do you not care about me? Well, then why did you leave me? Like, why did you leave me stranded there to, to fail, to fall on my face? You see, and all along, God hasn't left you. Like all along, God's waiting on his perfect time. God's waiting on his, the, the perfect moment to come and pick you up. Because that's the moment. God's moment, God's time is when you're going to grow. God's timing is when you're going to get better. God's timing is when you're going to get stronger. You see, but you can't grow stronger. You can't mature in Christ if you don't wait for God's time. So you got to notice God's holiness in this story because everything was misleading. Everything was difficult waiting. Over a hundred years, he started this boat and it still hasn't rained and he's waiting and waiting. And then God says, get on the boat. I'm going to send all the animals. And they get on the boat and they're stuck on this boat with all these animals for seven days and it still hasn't rained. And then it begins to rain. You see, God's timing was perfect. But then number two, look at this. Notice God's verdict in verse 11. Verses 11 and 12, it says this. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is a sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. Look at this, look at this. God's verdict. In all arenas in life, you face decisions. Like your life is built on decisions. Everything you do is a decision. Like you deciding to wake up this morning and go to school, that was a decision. You may not have made that decision, but it was a decision by somebody. <laughs> Whenever you got to school... 
whether or not you listened in class or whether or not you slept in class, that was the decision. Right? Whenever you woke up, whether or not you fixed your nappy hair, red dog, or not, that's your decision. <laughs> Daniel's not here. <laughs> right? Everybody, you have a decision in every single thing that you do, but here's the thing, you've got consequences for those decisions. Right? You sleep in class. You sleep in class. Kel, why didn't you do your homework? I didn't know we had homework. Oh, well, I announced it in class. Oh, I was asleep. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen. Right? There, there's consequences for your action. Like you feel sorry for Red Dog, and you say yes when he asks you to go on a date. You end up his girlfriend. <laughs> there's consequences for those actions. Right? Look at this. You go home and you study and you do your homework. There's consequences for that decision. You pass the test. Look, you, you follow Christ. You do what God says. You read your Bible. You pray to God. You ask for strength. Um, there's consequences for those decisions. You're more likely to marry the man that God has for you and to give yourself to him alone or her. Right? There's consequences for your decisions, good or bad. And God looked at man and he said, this is not good. I created man and man is a problem at this point in time. So I'm going to literally destroy man. I'm going to destroy every living thing on the earth. I'm going to destroy earth itself. Like, and it wasn't one of those parent threats. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about, parent threats? Yeah, when your mom gives you that mean look. Peyton said the perfect description, when your mom gives you that mean look, but she doesn't really do anything about it because she's not really mad. Right? Or here's it. This is my favorite, right? And most of you have probably heard this. Maybe not this exact one, but something as extreme to this. You're on the entrance to Disney World, and she says, I will turn this car around and go back home if you don't stop it. And at the, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Here's the funny part, is you believe it. <laughs> like, looking back now, you're like, man, she didn't spend all that money to turn around and go back. I didn't have to stop. <laughs> Listen. Listen, it's not like one of those. God said, hey, um, here's the thing. You guys kind of screwed this up. You botched this up. You're so sinful. You're so disgusting. I'm going to destroy the world. You see, God's verdict was very strong. God made a decision on that day. And he came through on his promise. See, but here's the thing, because Noah was faithful, because Noah was obedient, because Noah listened to God, and because Noah knew to hear God, and because Noah followed God, God found favor in him and promised to use him further. See, at what point, listen to me, at what point are we going to have to get to in our country, like in our schools and, and in our lives, that we look at God and we say, oh, God's serious. 
Like, God takes this serious, man. Like, God's serious about the way you use your, your mouth to speak to people. God's serious with how he, you choose to treat people. God's very serious about how you respect your parents, about how you respect each other. God's very serious with how you respect a young woman's body. Like, God's very serious with how, how you, you propose your body to a young man. Like, God takes these, what's it going to take for God, for, for us to understand, hey, God means this here. God's serious about this. This is important to God. And that we take God serious. I mean, think about, think about our country right now. Like, think about it. If you look really hard, you don't even have to look really hard, but if you just kind of put some perspective in it, you realize that, hey, we're going in the wrong direction. Listen, listen. The election, that's perfect. That's perfect. We talk about vote Bible, vote, vote your convictions. There's the, here's, the, here's the problem. We don't have a biblical option. Listen. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The change, the change is going to happen with you guys. The change is going to happen with your generation. Like some of you, there's what? Eight high schoolers in here? The change, the nine, ten, I don't know. The change is going to happen um, whenever you graduate high school and you make some decisions on how you're going to live your life. You're gonna, you make some decisions. This is how I'm going to vote. This is how I'm going to be. I'm going to change the world. Right? It's your turn. Like my generation, we've still got some time to do some stuff, right? Like our generation, our generation. But here's the thing, um, I'm old enough and I'm realizing that my generation isn't going the right way. Like I look at my friends, I look at my peers from high school and I realize that me and my peers from high school went like this. And y'all think I'm just saying that, but I seriously only talk to two people from high school still. And that's rare. Three if you count Cherie, but we didn't even know each other in high school. <laughs> you see, it's your turn. And when God looks at this generation, at your generation, what's the verdict going to be? You see, but I have encouragement for you. The last thing I want you to notice is God's grace in verse 13. And then we're done. God said this, I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a, bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. 
see again God's grace. We talked last week about what grace means. Grace is something that we are given, yet we don't deserve it. You see, we didn't deserve a second chance, but God gave it to us. Like those of you that have asked God into your life, you didn't deserve that, but God gave it to you anyways because God loves you, because God cares about you, because God wants to see each and every single one of you do great things in your life. But it's up to you. It's up to you to answer that call. It's up to you to say, hey, I'm going to live for God. I don't care what my friends are doing. I don't care what um, you know my, my boyfriend or girlfriend says. Listen, if your boyfriend and girlfriend is not encouraging you to live for God, if your boyfriend and girlfriend is causing you to stumble in, you, in your walk with Christ, then they probably shouldn't be your boyfriend and girlfriend. So let God use you. Remember that. Don't, don't ever forget that God can use you. All right? Everybody lock up. You want to pray? Yeah. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this night once again. Thank you for this message, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to remember what that rainbow stands for, God. God, I pray that you would just help us to remember uh, the grace that you showed us. God, how, how serious you are about sin in our lives and, and how serious you take your relationship with us and that covenant that you make with us. And God, I pray that this generation... God, these students would, would just make a difference in the world. It may seem impossible. It may seem hard. It may seem too much for them. But God, nothing is too much when you're in it. God, I pray that you would just make a difference starting on this mountain, in their houses, in their schools, and, and in their neighborhoods, and, and that it would just spread from there. God, I ask these things in your name, in your name alone. Amen. All right, hey, listen, you guys don't be running around up in the hallways or anything, okay? Because there's little kids and you will hurt somebody. <laughs>